day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor. Welcome to our program from a fairly sunny today, northwest Sydney. Hunty, welcome. G'day, mate, it's so good to be here. Yeah, we missed last week. We did. You know why we missed last week? I know why you missed last week. Yeah, you you did, actually didn't miss it. You were ready to go. Is that correct? correct? I was. I actually got flooded in. Uh, Get your floaties on. It was a very, very serious flood. In fact, it it's the worst flood they've had out there, I think, since, well, almost time memorial. Yeah, when I drove um, out there yesterday to see you, I noted that there were debris hanging from the power wires. Yeah. That's it, how deep it got. It went up. In fact, the amazing thing was I went out there. Look, I think to be fair, it'd be, it was this time two weeks ago that it started to rain. Yep. And I actually mentioned to our listeners that after uh, the program, I was headed out to the farm and the studio to defend it because we had a sense that it was going to go up. But I made mm. a mistake. I should have went out that night. I should have done what I had to have done, and that was to take the tractor and the ride on and the slasher, yeah. All and, the camera gear. Yeah, a, a few, a, pack that all in the car and get the tractor and all that up into the cemetery, which is next to the to to my farm and r- really a lot, lot higher. Mm, higher and then I should have turned around and headed for home. But, you know, I went home and my wife was there and dinner was ready and <laughs> my family was around the table and it was raining and miserable and I decided to wait until Wednesday morning. So I went out Wednesday morning, Hunty. Yes. Got out there, did what I had to do, and this without a, without a word of a lie, turned around to come back, I couldn't get back. Oh, dear. In the time I was out there, oh, dear. the river rose so hard that they closed the ferry and I was out there for 10 days. It flooded within, a, I think, a 100 to mm. 200 mil. So close to the door. Yeah. And I slept, believe it or not, because because the studio's in a shed, and you can sleep in our studio. You, you can. Know, yep. You have a home there of sorts. Yep. Because the studio's in a shed, I always have these pictures of sheds, and they do do this, floating down the river in floods. Have you seen that I've on seen, YouTube? I've seen it. Terrible. They can do that. Terrible. And, and so the last thing I'd want to be is in my bedroom and wake up and floating down the river. You know, then you're in a, a really life-threatening situation. Because this was such a big flood and I was so sure we were going to go under, I actually went up into the cemetery and slept in my car three nights in a row. Wow. Which was not really easy going. No, not but, comfortable. Not well, warm. it was hot. Mm. And you know what happens when there's rain and heat? Ah, uh, mosquitoes. Oh, mosquitoes. A million mosquitoes. Oh, dear. So I, I had no choice. I had to. I had to close the window. Then I, you, you might remember I rang you up. You remember what I asked you? Um, no. I said, Hunty, can I run this? Oh, that's car? right. Yes. <laughs> run the AC all night. And so I was actually <laughs> lying in the car. I, uh, fortunately, I went out there for a full tank of fuel, yep. which is a, bit, a fair bit of fuel. That's about $500 at this. Uh, yeah, so that's a small mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I slept three nights in that ce- It didn't bother me sleeping in the cemetery. Right. My wife comes from Indonesia and they don't like that sort of thing. She said, weren't you scared up there? I said, why? She said, oh, demons and all that sort of thing. I said, there's no demons in the cemetery. All the people there are dead. <laughs> that's it. The only demons that would come to the cemetery followed me up. They don't <laughs> hang around the cemeteries. True. So once True. I got the idea, Hunty, that I could turn the car on, it's a diesel, and just leave the aircon on, I'm sure someone's going to ride into us and tell us how bad for the car there. I did ruin the battery out there, didn't I? Oh, that's, yeah, but that's only because of, you know, mm. I, I, being I, open on for days. I had comfortable sleep, asleep, Hunty. 
nice. So I only, and then you know how I got back, don't you? you I do. Hunty was actually pushing me. He he wanted to to uh, me to take my. I've, we've got a little tinny. Actually, yep. the ministry has a little tinny. Little tiny boat. Someone, uh, um, s- someone gave it to us for yep. ministry, and we've yep. used, we only. I don't think we've ever taken that thing out that, for pleasure. Only, only, for, only for ministry. Only ever been used for ministry. And you yep. might wonder how. We'll watch our program yes. on television and online, and you'll see how. But um, Hunty wanted me to take that out, didn't you? I was saying, come on down the river and I'll meet you at the bottom. But what's the rule about floods and tinnies? What's your rule? Oh, no, it's not mine. It's SES. In fact, the SES uh, reconfirmed that to me. Well, the reason friend. I was on to you is because I was seeing the Channel 9 reporters in little tinnies skirting around in the river getting reports, and I thought, if they can do it, you could easy do it. Yeah, I'd like to have a look at the little tinnies, those Channel 9 reporters. I'm not sure they were tinnies like ours, mate. <laughs> Hunty, <laughs> Hunty's nodding his head. When Hunty and I get in the tinny, we almost sink it. Yeah, it does, uh, <laughs> it does lower the free play. So eventually... <laughs> Um, I got out by by Wild Water Rescue, SES, Castle mm. Hill. Thank you, guys. Yeah, top blokes. They, yeah, they brought me out. It was quite interesting. You know, on the way out, um, we went past probably 50 houses, hunty, all underwater. Some of them were two-storey and they were underwater. Wow. This, this, flood, wow. This, this flood was unprecedented. Mm. And uh, I'm going to tell a story at our church on Sabbath about how God saved me. Mm. And I know God saved me in this flood. He uh, did, and protected our beautiful studio to his honour and glory. He did, but you can be sure that if there was anything that was worth anything, I'd already uh, put it in the car, Hunty, <laughs> and uh, under your instruction, actually. And I slept three nights with all that equipment, jabbing me in the back oh, and getting oh, into my leg. And Yeah, thanks for that, mate. Have you got a great program coming are up? You, are you trying to rush us on? <laughs> I haven't finished the flood story yet. The handbrakes at work again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not really. Just welcome. We're glad to have you with we us. We are so glad to have you. I'm glad to be back. Hunty, so coming up, we've got... Uh, um, um, yes. Yeah, go. Coming up, we've got one of our favourites and probably our most popular segment with uh, Harold Harker. How do we know it's our most popular? Actually? Because of the feedback I've been getting from our listeners. Oh, yes. okay. He's more popular than you. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't take much. <laughs> and also we've got... I, I'd go as fast as say most guests are. And we've got... God willing, we've got an interview with a gentleman who's really hype in the New Wales government who's responsible for affecting their reparations to Lismore and Actually, the flood recovery. he's a church member. And he's a church member. Hope. He's, he's a friend of ours, yeah. He's been in Korokai. Is yep. that how you say it? Korokai. So, Korokai. Uh, Lismore, Ballina. And he, he'll um, be live on the program pretty at 4.30. Why are you saying hopefully? Is there some question on that? I talked to that? him earlier and their power and internet's up and down. Ah, well, you know what? If he doesn't turn up, I'll interview you about the flood. I was going to say, the Bible said he's going to be a bit longer today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hunty, yes. um, ask the Aussie pastor on today. Yes, you got please. some questions in? we got some questions in, but we'd love some more. you got some room? We do. If you'd like to send us your questions, we'd love to hear from you. We'd like them for the Aussie pastor, and you can text them to us on 0488-880-851, or you can email them to us on info at aussiepastor.com. You've got that down packed, haven't you, mate? Just about. Hey, in many years. before we go on, I just want to—I just want to make this point. We're doing something big. We're moving our studio this week, Hunty. Tomorrow. Can you just tell us that quick story about where we're going? Oh, look, we've—we have been frustrated um, a number of times with our moves, and the, re- the weather and access to our studio. So we're moving to a place which hopefully is not going to be under threat Actually, of drowning. The, react- the reality is it floods just as much as the other studio. I was out there this morning and they said they had one metre, it was one metre from the bank of the river. So, so they've got they 800 had- millim. Yeah, but, 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 it's still just as hard to get through if it floods. True, true, true. Because you tried, didn't you? 
Yeah, I did try. But we're just not moving to a new radio studio. We're moving to a new television studio. Is that right? That's right. We've, we're moving out to North Richmond, which is another half an hour from where we are here at Riverston. Yep. And it's a bigger studio. More, It's a better studio. It's the biggest and the best studio we've ever had. Correct. Even better than the farm studio. It's bigger, t- three or four times Maybe the I size. can pull the farm studio down and take my shed back. Maybe. <laughs> Look, whatever, we're glad you're here today. And I just want to open with a prayer. And then we'll get into it. Hunty, you want to pray? Sure. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we commence this program, I'd like to thank you, Lord, for your blessings. But right now I'd like to pray for all those people who are struggling and suffering from the floods, Lord. Please be with them, grant them peace. Please bless them in their recovery efforts. And today, Lord, please bless all the listeners of our program, and I pray that they will be able to find you at the end of our program. Is my request, Lord, in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. are listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. You like, did you like that? Oh. Moving on. I was about to, to say something. <laughs> I'm going to... Look, I've, there's a job opening for a new producer director here at... at uh, Apply to me. The Aussie pastor. <laughs> no, not really. I couldn't do this without you. Um, news, man. There's been a lot of news around. It's hard to... I mean, you can talk about COVID, Hunty. It's on the rise again. Mm. We went from, uh, I think, 8,000 yesterday to... 10,000. We've kind of forgotten about it, though, haven't we? Glad in that the, the deaths are still in the single digits and quite low. They are. But Not you the know, 50s this and 60s we had a few weeks still ago. Still in New South Wales, over 1,000 people in hospital. Ouch. Yeah, which is a lot of, lot of, lot of people. I, I think we're not sure whether we've had it or not yet, Hunty. Um, I've had it twice, I reckon. Yeah, I don't know whether I've had it or not. Um, I've certainly been sick through this... Mm. Virus. Um, Amazon, a company you know fairly mm, well. I do. They have their headquarters in Seattle. Yep. Which is in uh, Washington. Washington, yeah. Washington State, which is on the west coast. It's the most, nor- it's the northernmost state just before Canada. Canada. Mm. And it's a pretty good state. I yeah. mean, it's been a place that's probably in America more, one of the more safer places to live. Not really that many people comparatively in that state. But that's where Amazon and a whole lot of other really big tech companies in Seattle, which is famous for the, is it the needle, that, that building that, yes, yeah, goes right yeah, up. And, like, like the center point tower. And has some, some pretty beautiful, a beautiful harbour and some pretty nice stuff around. Hey, yes. I remember a movie, Tom Hanks, Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> that's old. When I was a young fellow. Yep. Yeah, and that's that. That there was also another movie I watched about a dog, um, oh, big sl- slobbery dog. Can't, can't, yeah, that was in Seattle anyway, and and I think some of the other more famous television series to come out of there, Frasier, and some of those other big sitcoms. So it's a fairly famous city, but perhaps most famous for its text. But they're moving out. Yeah, they are big time. Yeah, you know why? Yeah, safety. Unfortunately, the city is being overtaken by criminal elements, guns, violence, murders. Apparently, the straw that broke the camel's back for um, Amazon. Who owns Amazon? Oh, uh, yeah, Jeff yeah, Bezos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Well, the, 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 the thing that made him finally decide to move out was just a few days ago, a young man was shot dead right at the front door of Amazon. Mm. And he said, oh, look, that's just enough. Yep. And so it's not just Amazon, but because of the violence and the crime, a whole lot of other big tech companies are moving out. And apparently this goes back to when they were trying to, and, and Saddle did do it, they defunded the police. Really? Uh, yeah, they did. They defunded the police. They minimised the police force. In other words, a lot of policemen lost their jobs. And, of course, when you defund the police and you minimise the police force, what happens is you're going to get a whole lot of violence. Mm. And people's, you know, the worst in people's natures coming out. And Seattle, which was once... And look, I've been there a number of times, mm, Hunty. Me too. It's one of the most peaceful cities in the United States. And it's beautiful. It, yeah, look, you want, you want to retire, you want to live somewhere in safety, you go to Seattle. Mm. Yet here you've got Seattle where violence has become so rampant. The big companies don't move I easily. think McDonald's moved as well. Okay, I didn't know no, that. They were in Seattle too until recently. Okay. Same reason. They were sick of the violence. Sick of the violence. Mm-hmm. So just to show what's happening in some of these great cities of America where they're just deteriorating to a place where not even secular companies want to stay there. Mm. Um, and then this next news story was a warning on health. Yes. I thought I'd put this in for you, It's mate. a ripper. Yeah, Shane Warne, dead at 52. Yep, heart I must, attack. I must admit I was shocked. A lot of people say they weren't shocked. I don't know much about Shane Warne's life. Well, I was predicting a drug overdose or I was predicting all kinds of nefarious things from his big partying time in overseas, but that wasn't the case. He wasn't partying. Well, well apparently and- Shane Warne never took drugs. I just read that the other day. He was, I heard he, 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 when I say drugs, he, he 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 would drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes. Mm, but apparently, he took Duramine, which is a a cocaine based diet uh, pill. Yes, mm. so it is a legal diet pill. It spe- speeds your heart up to almost yeah, flat he, out. He went for two weeks, and mm. then he got COVID. Did you know he actually got COVID and was put on a ventilator? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, not so long before this, he got COVID and was oh. put on a ventilator. But he died of a heart attack, and then we had a Labor senator. Yes, just the other day, Kitching, I think. Yeah, she also Amos. died of a heart attack. Both the same age, fifty-two years Rod of age. Rod Marsh too, heart attack. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know what Rod Marsh. He's another a very famous Aussie cricketer. Mm. He was a lot older though. I think he was seventy-four. So he. He lived another 22. Yep. I always reckon if you can get your, if God will take you over 70, anything past there. Yep, bonus. But, but the, the article I read was a big warning to men, especially men our age. Yep. To go and get health checks from yep. their doctor. Heart and scans. then when they have the health checks, when the doctor gives them advice to make sure that they act on it. And so if you're out there mm. and you look like Hunty. <laughs> or Lloyd. <laughs> oh, I look good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's the beauty of radio. Yeah, we've got, we've they got can't, great they cases can't, for radio. They can't see what we look like. <laughs> Quick, turn the cameras <laughs> off. <laughs> if you're struggling um, with your health, if you're struggling to walk upstairs or you're short of breath... Uh, or you or get, you're a smoker. Or a drinker. Or you've got clogged up arteries with bad cholesterol. Or you've got pain in your left arm, mm. which I have at the moment, actually. You do. But that's another, another story. story. Yep. Um, you need to go and get a doctor's check and you need to... Please make, do. Yeah, you need yep. to make sure that you make... Life changes that will help you to live a long, mm. happy, fruitful life. Indeed. And then this one. I put this in for a reason. Now, I know I'm a bit of a YouTuber. In fact, I reckon I watch too much YouTube. I've been trying to cut back, hunty. Mm. And it's actually it was surprising when I, I was stuck out there on the farm in the flood for 10 days with the water coming up, up, up. Really, until the last three days of the massive flood, which surprised me, I did have internet and... Um, power out there. Was that satellite internet? 
No. No. <laughs> Telstra. Well, I had satellite internet and we were complaining about it and I cancelled it. Do you remember that, Auntie? I, I do. So when I went out, I thought, I'll put it back on. And they said, oh, it'll only take 48 hours. But it took four days. Oh, dear. Um, so that's 96 hours. But I'm so glad they put it back on because I went black out there. Yep. No power. Yep. Nothing. Now, I had a generator, so I was able to put the generator on and get in contact with you and others because I the satellite internet clicked in, fortunately. Praise the Lord. Yes. Um. But I was surprised how hard it was to do without YouTube while I was out there. Mm. I started to read again. <laughs> wow. I don't want to say read. I read a lot now, but mostly I'm reading online. Yep. And it was amazing to open a book and read again, and open my Bible and read from my Bible. I'm reading online the Bible most of the time. Anyway, um, you've been watching these Ukrainians blow these Russian tanks up? Ah, oh, I have. What a tragedy. It is sobering. It is. Because I know it's easy for us in the West, well, most of us, just to jump on the side of the Ukrainians, and, and my sympathies in this war are definitely there, Hunty. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's a savage thing that Putin, I don't, certainly don't blame the Russians, but that Putin would, would attack Ukraine. It's, it's, and I've heard all the excuses, America and all that. It's inexcusable, mm. any way you look at it. But it is a very sobering thing, isn't it, to watch almost live on YouTube young Russian soldiers, and it's not mm. their fault they're there, mm. losing their lives live, mm. and the cheering and, this war hasn't gone well for Russia or Putin. It's not going well for the Ukrainians either. There's thousands and thousands of people dying. A few hours ago, the, the senior newsreader on the Russian network in the middle of the broadcast held up a sign and he said it's not true. Actually, it was a female that did that. Is it a female? She was. And, and it was two females. It was the producer and the newsreader. Right. Yeah. He said you're being lied to by that. And do you know that Russian immediately government? at the conclusion of that broadcast, they were both arrested? They mm. could go to jail for 15 years. Mm, so they sad. were very brave girls. Very sad. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of bad news. I mean, when you look at Amazon, you, you look at the warnings on health, uh, you look at Ukraine blowing up, and who knows but um, God, our Father, how that will end. And you sometimes wonder how he thinks of these things, don't you? Mm, mm. One good news story, Hunty. Yes. I put this in here for yes. you. Oh, I'm glad you did. That's exciting. <laughs> Get ready for your next holiday cruise ship bans ends in Australia with voyages to start again next month. Nice. nice. I actually don't like cruises that much. I love them. Yeah, you do, yeah. don't you? Yep. Why? I think being completely untouchable. No phones, no internet, no people. No one, no one can bug me. I'm there for a week or ten days. In absolute peace, and I get to travel. I love travel, and I love peace. You've been on a lot of cruises, uh, three, four, maybe no, five. I've been on two. Ah. One was my honeymoon, and that was around the east coast of Australia, and I love that. Oh yeah. The other one, I caught a cruise to Japan. Yep. Because I wanted to go to Japan with Lisk and my wife. The reason I caught the cruise is because the cruise was cheaper than the airfare, and I thought, oh well, I'll spend <laughs> I don't know what it was, twelve days going to Japan or something. Oh, I got so bored. After three days, I was running around that ship bored, Steve, and I got sick on the ship as well. Oh, dear. So I don't know. I don't know whether I'll ever go on another cruise, Hunty. Oh, I, I will. I know you will. Um, we have to save up for them if we do. Yes, yeah, currently an ant with a hernia could carry away my personal wealth, but but at some point coming soon, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably a good holiday, but they're going to open up again soon. Yes. I don't know how they're going to handle COVID when COVID actually is worse now than it's ever been. But I thought that was a good news story for you. I appreciate that, mate. So, so when you see these things happening, and I'm not talking about the cruise because that's a good news story, but when you see all the other bad things happening, you know, you wonder, is it time to look up to the east? Yep. Because surely, as we see these things happening, 
as these signs unfold, surely, Auntie, we're going to see Jesus mm-hmm. soon. For sure. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I lost my program, Hunty. Okay, well, we're up to music time. Okay, I'm going to... Now, just just a word of warning for all our <laughs> yes. listeners. Yes. Our listeners need to hear they this. They do need to hear if this. If you've got any complaints about the music, who chose it who this chose week, Who chose the Hunty? music this week? Me. Yes. In fact, he'll be doing it for the foreseeable future. For really? Now. Yeah, because you just haven't given me the music list. I think he's, I think he's withdrawn the music list from me on purpose. So, so because, Hunty, you chose the music. Yes. All right, let me tell you about this first song. A very, very interesting song with a beautiful theme. And the person who sings it, I'll give you their Jewish name. It, his Christian name was Matthew, but he changed it to, I think it's, Matishwa, Matishwa, and for all, for all you for all you Jewish Jews, I'm so there, sorry. Please feel free to complain. <laughs> right in. Where were Info they? Wrote? at aussie If you know to pronounce we would, this lovely we man's would name, welcome your complaints. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, as you listen to this song, um, I'd like you to think about heaven. I drown, but I never let it get me 
Okay, hunty. Wow. Uh, one day by Matashua. Yes. It's an beautiful uh, song. Dunno whether that's my style, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me unmute our next guest. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, but beautiful words. Yes. Uh, well, we're going to have an interview now, and it's a good one. This is my favourite one, actually. We go back and look at the... Um, look legends. At, look at the legends, really, yep. of, the, yep. of the past. Harold Harker, welcome to the program. Thank you, Lloyd. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, I'm glad to have you too, and we're looking at a good guy today. He's a real great stalwart. In fact, you know, Whitcliffe was called the morning star of the Reformation. This guy would have been that in Europe. What's his name? His name is John Huss. Where and when was he born? He was born at the end of the 14th century, 1370, in a little town called Husanek. It's named after him. And if you were going today, you would go into the country, the Czech Republic. Have you been there? I've been there. I've been to the house where he lived. Okay, beautiful place? It's a nice little place. It's not far from the Bavarian border. Okay. Um, Do we know much about his upbringing, his family? Oh, we know a little bit. We know that when he was just a boy, his father died, so he was brought up by his mother, who was a God-fearing woman, and uh, he got his education while his mother told him, keep going with your education. So he's born a Catholic? Yes, he was. Okay, so he would have been christened and would have been go- uh, going to church every Sunday? Um, All of them. Yes. One of the things I find really interesting is most of these men and women that we've talked about, they all get an education. It seems to have been fairly important in Europe and Britain, uh, really from about the 12 or 1300s onwards. And this, this, this man or boy at the time, John Huss, was no different. He was educated fairly well. Is that, would it be fair to say that? That's right. He started in a little, you'd call it the elementary school, the primary school of Prakatis, which was the next town. Yeah. And then from there, he uh, went to the university in Prague, okay. which is interesting. And uh, I want to tell you this, because as his mother took him to Prague, she knelt down as they looked down in Prague and she prayed that God would protect him and dedicated him to God. Okay. Wow. So- yeah, so he, he goes to school, he's well-educated, he goes to university. What does he do after his education? Well, he got his Bachelor of Arts, he got his Master of Arts, and he studied the writings of John Wycliffe and others, and he became a priest. He was ordained a priest. In fact, he was the chaplain and the confessor to the Queen. Okay. Of so again, you've got a young man who's risen in importance pretty pretty quickly. Sure. Um, yeah, go on, sorry. This would have been, by the time he was he was 30, he would have been ordained a priest. How is it, and this is a question, I guess you'd say left field, how is it that he was even able to get to read and study the works of Wycliffe, who was really seen as a, a heretic, I think? Well, the Queen actually came across from England and some of her uh, people, she brought with her and the people the writings of, of Wycliffe. And so they came across and they were shared and he was one who read them. Okay. 
So they weren't banned at the time by the look of it, or if they were banned, they certainly weren't banned in, in, in the Czech Republic. Um, tell me, what kind of man was Huss? We've talked about his education, his rise in prominence very quickly, but what sort of man was he? What do people say about Huss when they met him? Well, Huss, they tell me that he was blameless, he was an exemplary person, his personality was good, and no one, even his enemies, ever attacked his character. That's pretty important. It's an amazing thing for someone to say that about you, wouldn't it? Well, we, we disagree with him, we're an enemy with him theologically, but we can't attack his, his character. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Um, now, Huss, sooner than later, comes into de- direct confrontation with Rome and the Pope. Tell us about that. Well, firstly, let me tell you this. He preached against the moral dissolution of the clergy around him and spies were sent to hear him preach. And then, in 1405, he denounces that blood appeared on the communion wafers and said, that's a big hoax. Which it was, of course. It was, of course. Yeah. And then the Archbishop really got stuck into him and called for all the books that he'd written and, and printed and burnt them in the palace courtyard. Um, he had a fairly hostile reaction to that, didn't he, Huss? He didn't like it. Sure. Well, the charges are against him and, uh, you know, but uh, that was Huss. He was preaching out against the... The things that he saw were wrong according to the scriptures. Now, he, he also preached against the Catholic doctrine of indulgences too. Yes, he did, because at that time the Pope had sent emissaries to sell indulgences. He wanted money. Uh, indulgences were a way that the church got money, and he was going to fight the king of Naples, and these people came selling indulgences and the husk just like Luther did later he opposed this and he let me tell you this one this is what he said to rebel against an erring pope is to obey Christ which is some which is some statement back then where the pope had absolute power of of not just religion but of state and of life and death really well when he says that you know what happened? He gets what's called an aggravated excommunication. He's persona non grata. He's out in the black. Okay. Well, further to that, tell us about Huss and Pope John the Thirteenth. Yeah. Well, John the Thirteenth. He uh, he really. We went. Huss went to Rome about this time. Yep. And he wanted to see the great examples of holy living, but he didn't see it. And so he's against that, and the Pope, who was down there, John the Twenty Third, he he placed yeah, him not, under this. Let's correct that. It's not John the Thirteenth. It's John the Twenty Third. That's Lloyd reading his Roman numerals wrong. Sorry about that, Harold. Yeah, go on. And not only was Huss excommunicated. But the city of Prague is placed under interdict. That means the priests are not allowed to marry, bury, or anything, and the city has to go without religious services. Because by this time, Huss is a big deal in Prague. He sure was. Did he have any protection from secular rulers? Well, the king said yes. I think you better go for your safety. Go out to a castle. He went to the cosy, heretic castle at the king's request and he lived there for two years writing books against the church 
So this is similar to Martin Luther, isn't it? It is. Who, who he went, he uh, retired to the castle at Watburg, I think. Is that right? Watburg, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they have a similar journey in a way. They're taking on the papacy. They're getting into trouble. They've got the protection of secular rulers. Both rulers have them retired. Well, this castle he went to, was it a, a very protected, was he in a very safe place? Oh, at that time, yes. Yeah, as safe as he could have been. Sure. Now, tell us more. You, you said he went to Rome. He he didn't yeah. enjoy his time in Rome. Again, no, similar to Luther, he went to Rome and it never worked out. That's right. But, of course, you know, Huss, just like Luther later, he makes the scriptures the ultimate guide of life yeah. and said they're authoritative. That's the voice of God to us. And when he compares what the church was saying with the scriptures, that's when he's in trouble with the church. So who were Huss's influences other than Tyndall? Oh, Wycliffe, I mean. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up there. Wycliffe it was, wasn't Wycliffe. it? Wycliffe. Yeah. Wycliffe. There was another guy called Conrad, uh, and their writings, they were also exposing what was wrong from the scriptures. And uh, So and these guys, not- even though they're Catholics, really, is, would it be fair to say we're looking at, is this the beginning of the Protestant Reformation, or is it? Yeah. He was a forerunner before Luther, probably... A uh, hundred and something years before Luther, but uh, he started it, and this is where it goes. You know, because of this, he even gets summoned down to Rome by the Pope again, but he doesn't go. He's too sick to go. And so, so he said... You go, go. He said, uh, I'll send three of my representatives, but he lost his case, and he's excommunicated again. Actually, how many times did they excommunicate him? I found Four this. Times. I found this interesting. Four times he's he's persona non grata. You're out in the black all the time. Might have been uh, reaching a place where the threat of excommunication wasn't bothering us a whole lot. Well, that's right. So he, then, then he really gets called, and he says, "Okay, you can't come to Rome. You've got to come. We've got to hear your case." And he's called to the Council of Constance. Was that in the city of Constance? Yes, it was, but it was a long trek for him. He had to go and walk all that way. Where is but Constance in Europe? It's in on the border of Switzerland and Germany. Okay, so he's, he's going right out of home territory now. That's right. But the, the emperor of the Holy Roman Emperor... Empire, he gives him a safe conduct pass that says you will be safe, you will not be attacked, you will be protected. So what happens when he gets to Constance? Expecting to be, I would say, in a safe place. Although when you read the story, he doesn't really have great confidence that that safe conduct pass will be worth anything. I think he kind of realises he might be headed into the fire. He does. Let me tell you, on the way down, guess what? Every place he stops at, he leaves a copy of the Ten Commandments from the Scriptures. Why is he doing that? He, Why is he doing that? Well, he upholds the law of God that is the basis from, for all faith. But he, would, he, he understood grace too, didn't he, that you're saved by yes, grace in faith in Christ alone? Yes, so he's, he's gone on a huge journey from a small Catholic boy to really by this time, he's a firebrand Protestant. Am I, am I going too far? 
No, that would be it. And as soon as he gets to Constance, despite the safe conduct promised from the emperor, the Pope and the cardinals get safe, grab him and they put him in a dungeon in Constance. Now, I want to ask you a question before we go any further. How could they get away with that when he had a safe conduct from the emperor, who supposedly was the most powerful man in Europe? Where was the emperor? What was he doing? Well, who was the most important, the Pope or the Holy Roman Emperor? And the Pope had the power. So he just countermanded over the top of the Emperor. Correct. So he ends up in jail. He ends up in jail and it's underneath the ground and it's near the lake so it's, it's wet and it's filthy and he gets sick. So they send him to a castle on the bank of the Rhine just out of town, not far from the town centre, and he's chained in a cell there. Oh, dear. So this is tough. This is tough. Well, in 1415, the order comes, okay, it's time for him now to have a trial. Yep. Tell us about so it. So they bring him out of the castle, bring him back into Constance, and arraign him in the Cathedral of Constance. And how does the trial go? Well, every time he tries to defend himself, they shout him down. Okay. And he refuses to recant unless his belief and writing could be shown to be wrong from Scripture. Well, what do they say? You're a heretic. Now, he's only 45 years old. That's right. We, we often, you see the pictures of him, he looks like an old man, but he's still a relatively young man. Here he is, courageous, brave, partway through his life. He goes to trial. What happens then? Well, he's condemned, and firstly, as a heretic, his priestly uh, robes and authority is taken off him. His soul, they commend it to Satan. They even put a, a paper cap like a dunce's cap on his head with the title Prince of Heretics, and then they drag him out just outside the town to what's now the altar graben and they put a chain around his neck and pile the wood around him and he's given the last chance to recant. Guess what he says? I've only preached to turn men from sin to come to Jesus. And so they light the fire. Did he and as the, as the flames come around him, this is what he sings, yep. singing in the fire yep. that's going to kill you. He sings, Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me. And he, and dies. he sings three times until the fires put a silence to him. So he died with great courage. He sure did. Um, wow, what a guy. A, a tremendous story. One of my favourites. He had an offsider called Jerome. Jerome started to, uh, went home a bit, but then he was caught and he was brought back to the same place and burnt at the same place that Huss was burnt. In fact, today they have a big stone there and Huss's name is on one side, Jerome's name is on the other. Could we look Another at Jer- man of God. Could we look at Jerome's story next week? Sure. Because I reckon that's, it, it kind of goes with this one. It's one of the okay. most stirring stories of failure and triumph. Right. But okay. this man, 45 years of age, as you look back on his life, he launched the Protestant Reformation. It's a, it's a, it's a life of light and victory and it's a life of courage and bravery. What can we learn from Huss's life today, Harold? 
Well, Huss showed us that the primacy of Scripture is the total authority that comes from God. And, you know, when he translated the Bible into the Czech language, that's still used today. Yeah, so that version is still used by Czech Christians today. It is. And 400 years after he was burnt at the stake, they put a great statue of him in the middle of the town square in Prague. He was the hero of of the Czech area there. And it is amazing that with their blood, it really... Their blood was what helped plant the Protestant Reformation and it just exploded. Satan could not shut it up even though he would shut some of these mighty men's lives down. Well, we should be looking at the scripture like us did. Yeah, well, thank you, Harold, for another stirring story. One of my favourites. And, yeah, look, God willing, we'll come back next week and we'll look at Jerome, who was his offsider and, in the end, as brave and courageous as Huss himself. You're right. God bless you. Thank you, Lloyd. Thanks, yep. mate. Bye-bye. See ya. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. You know that story, Hunty? I've done the bits and pieces of it. Yeah, what a great story. Yeah, yeah. In fact, if you want to read that story and you get the book online, just go to a book called The Great Controversy yep. and look up the chapter on Huss and Jerome. I'm telling you, the story is an absolute ripper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, God willing... If we ever get the chance, I would love to go to, um, it's not Czechoslovakia anymore, is it? It's a Czech oh, Republic. That's right. I'd love to go there and look at that story and perhaps put it to film because it certainly is a stirring mm-hmm. one. I'd enjoy that too. Hey, guess what's coming up soon? Um, Ask the Aussie pastor. Ah. I've got one more song to play. In fact, before the song, let me give you the address you can contact us at. Can you do this without looking? No. I can do the email, info at aussiepastor.com. Yeah. So if you want to send a question through to the Aussie Pastor, and we'd love to hear from you, jump on your phone, text them across to us, or email them across to us. The email address is info at aussiepastor.com, and you can text or SMS them to us on 0488-880-851. How long have they got to get these questions in? One song. Next <laughs> song, that's it. Which is, what, three minutes long? It's exactly four minutes to be precise. So you've got four minutes. You've got four minutes to send your questions in. And you'll you'll get them and we'll put them up. Absolutely. You've got room. Yep, this is a live program. We can take it. Okay. All right. This next song is is sung by one of my absolute musical heroes. His name's Jeff Bullock. I had the privilege of meeting him and getting to film him a few years ago. And this man is totally blessed by God. I met him too, you know. Yeah, whereabouts? I got him when I was a, um associate youth leader in New Zealand with a guy called Javé Kanji. Mm-hmm. We're still best mates, us two. We had a great time. I got him to come over and sing at the beginning of a mission. Nice. A youth, a big youth outreach. And we probably had 2,000 people there. And this wow. was at the height. This is in no, about 1998. He, he was at the height of oh, his. He's such a clever and blessed man. You're friends with him on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've had the chance, the privilege of filming him a few times and, and meeting with him a few times. And you know a few famous people, don't you, Hunty? Uh, a few. Yeah, he yeah. does. He, yeah. he he walks with the high and mighty. This guy. <laughs> Not as good as that sounds. <laughs> Not the same way you meet your heroes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing song called "Great Southland."
This is our nation. This is our land. This is our future. This is our home. A land of reaping. A land of harvest. This is our land. This is our home. This is a great southland of the Holy Spirit. A land of red dust plates and summer rain. To this sunburned land, we will see your flood. And to this great southland, the Spirit comes. This is our nation. This is our land. This land of plenty. This land of hope. The richest harvest is in our deep. We see revival. This spirit comes. Was there a little um, a little digital squeak in there? There was. Yeah, write and complain. Address it to Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ask the Aussie pastor. Ask the Aussie pastor and Dave. We've got a ton of questions, which is great. Easy, hard. Some of them were a bit. I'm going to test you a little bit. Okay. 
Alrighty. Uh, question from a friend of ours over in the West. He would like to honour the Sabbath day by not buying or selling on Sabbath. However, he and his wife aren't Sabbath keepers. His wife actually is a Sunday worshipper. He's, he's a Sabbath keeper. He's the a wife's Sabbath not. keeper and the wife's not, yes. As my wife and I share a bank account and she's a Sunday worshipper, how can I ask her, please, can you not shop on Sabbath as it makes me partake in someone working for me on Sabbath? Kind regards. Oh, okay. Uh, well, firstly, praise God, she's worshipping the Lord on Sunday. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a Sabbath keeper. I, I worship the Lord seven days a week, and I um, celebrate that there are those out there who worship on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, look, you're only ever responsible for yourself, hunty. Yep, not your wife. Yep. If I share a bank account with my wife, and my wife's a non-believer and I'm a believer, fortunately we're both believers, but if she was a non-believer and I'm a believer, well then what she does with that bank account is between her and God on the Sabbath. Right. And you can't answer for your wife. You've got to just let your wife live her uh, life and the freedom that Christ's given her and let the Lord direct and guide and convict her in his time. So I don't think he should be, I say this respectfully, but I don't think you should be worrying too much about your wife. Worry about what's happening in your life mm. with the Lord. Yep, agreed. All righty. Uh, this next question is coming from a regular listener. His yep. name's Michael, and he would like to know, if Christ is coming on a cloud from the east, will he take 24 hours to do so, so every eye can see him? What a great question. I know, right? Because I've thought about that. Uh, when Jesus comes, the Bible says, I think it's Revelation 1, 7, 6 or 7, but I think it's 7, that every eye will see him. So if you're alive and you've got blood pumping through your veins, when Jesus comes, you will see him. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Matthew 24, 30, 31 describes the coming of Jesus, a very visible, physical event for the planet. You can't be alive and not see Jesus when he comes. Yep. How does that happen? Not too sure, hunty. Mm. But I do know this, and I say it all the time. If I can sit and watch Australia play Pakistan in the cricket right now and the Aussies are in Pakistan, how do I know? Because I like cricket, but I haven't been watching it because I don't have access to it. Yep. I don't have any pay TV at all. Do you, Hunty? <laughs> uh, my wife has a couple. I think. Yeah, I have none. I think, I think yeah, we've got a couple of pay Actually, that's not true. I, I, I pay 10 bucks a week for Google, uh, for YouTube. Is that 10 bucks a week? 10. Wow. So I don't get any ads. Okay. But I have no pay TV, can't watch any sport. But if I can watch sport, if I can watch the cricket in Pakistan live today, surely God with all his power... There you go. You know, I actually think this this is my view. Yep. I think you're going to come to the earth and just sweep around it, aren't he? Yep. And I think there'll be billions and billions and billions of angels with him so that wherever you look, you're going to see angels and you will see the Son of Man, Jesus himself, come in power and great glory. How that happens, I'm not sure, but it will happen and you will see him. You know, I I remember being told by somebody that the Bible claims that Jesus will return from the constellation Orion. Yeah, don't know about that. Don't know about that. I've heard that I've heard that too. Sounds Orion is on the same. Oh, that's like when I was a boy, you used to hear some of the evangelists say, well, if you look up into the sky through Orion, you can see a bright light. <laughs> yes. Perhaps that's yes. heaven shining Perhaps down to earth. Too, and yeah. I used to hear that, and I would imagine it and think, well, maybe heaven's not so far away. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. I, I, I doubt, we, I, I personally doubt we're seeing any light through any constellational stars from heaven. 
The Bible says he comes from the east. Yes. Great king from the east. And he'll sweep around the world. We know he won't touch the world. Um, First Corinthians um, makes it very, very clear that the the dead in Christ will rise, so there'll be resurrection, and then together with them we'll rise up in the air to meet the Lord in the air. And where does he take us? Well, John 14, 1 to 3, in my Father's house are many, many mansions. mansions. Yep. We're not so, I would have told you. I go to like prepare a place. Where does he go? Heaven. Yep, heaven. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again, yep. that where you, you that where I am, yep. there you may be also. So he's going to yep. take us back to heaven. Look, I don't know. I wish I could give a better answer. I don't know the physical... Um, the physical realities of how Jesus will make everybody seem. He might even flatten the earth. <laughs> there you go. There's something for our flat earthers. Yes. He might even flat. Look, we just don't know. But yes. what I do know, and you can guarantee it, you can take it to the bank. When Jesus comes, there'll be, it's no invisible, uh, um, coming. It's not a secret it's, rapture. No, no, there's no rap- secret rapture here. I don't, you know, maybe we'll share in the next week or two with that secret rapture cover. Let's do that next week, Hunter. Let's do it as a Bible study. Yeah. Great I, idea. I like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But yeah, no, every eye will see him. Alrighty. Next question. Customers, when we got a couple of weeks ago, would it be okay to go and fight for the Ukraine against Russia? Did we get that question before? Uh, similar about fighting and killing. Oh, okay. Uh, look, if you're Ukrainian, I understand yes, those feelings and those. Totally. But, you know, we are called to advance another kingdom, those of us who, who are believers and followers of Christ, and that is the kingdom of Christ, and we're to call people out of this. Yep. Um, so that's why believers are brothers and sisters. That's why Ukrainians and Russians who believe in Christ are brothers and sisters, even though their political masters might have both those countries at war. So, look, my advice would be, I think I said this, Hunty, be a Desmond Doss. Hey, you know when I was stuck out in the flood just a few weeks ago, yep. last week, yep. I actually watched that movie. It's what, the only movie I had <laughs> on my computer, and I actually watched Isn't it. It's a great, great movie. It is. If you've not seen it, yeah. and you can stand a little bit of gunfighting and, and war, but you should see it. it, it the message is so heart Just one more, just so one touching. more. Yeah. Um, I think if you must go to war, if you must defend your country, go as a non-combatant. Yep. Save lives instead of taking them. Yep. One thing I liked about Desmond Doss, he got stuck down in a tunnel. On on the island they were, I think it was Okinawa, the Japanese island of Okinawa, and they were attacking, and he kind of got separated from his other mates, and he got stuck down in one of these tunnels that they had underneath the island of Okinawa that the Japanese were using, and he came across a wounded Japanese soldier, and the soldier thought he was going to kill him, but he didn't. He actually uh, stopped and treated yeah, him too. Wounded first aid, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what Jesus would expect us to do in war. So, so if you're Ukrainian and you must go into battle, go into battle for Christ. Going with a bandage, going with medicines and save lives, whether they be Ukrainian or Russian. Might sound a little bit airy-fairy up in the air sort of thing, but Desmond Doss was proof that that is the way to go for believers in Christ. Mm -hmm. This next question is a ripper. We've had this from a number of people now, um, so it's good for you to have a chance to answer it. Is Russia the king of the north in Daniel 11 and 12? You know... um, I went and had a look at that again the last few days, read Daniel chapter 11 and Daniel chapter 12. 
trying to make head nor tail, especially in Daniel chapter 11, of the king of the north, the king of the south, etc. Mm-hmm. It's a prophecy in there. And I've got to be honest with you, and, and I'm going to keep reading and keep trying to understand, I don't know. Wow. And I looked at it. I can't, I don't think Russia is. But the reality is I don't absolutely know because I can't make, now there are people who come to me, and I've said this before on this show too, that'll say to me, I know exactly who the king of the north and who the king of the south is, and they'll lay it out before me and uh, Mm. maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And I can't answer that affirmative either way. All I know is that what Putin is doing is an evil thing. Yep. But I don't see the Russians or the Ukrainians as evil people. I just see them being... Uh, under the thrall of an evil man who who's bent on the destruction of of both countries, and I think it's very sad. And I I actually don't know about you, Hunty, but I actually pray for the for Ukraine and and for Russia and for the people of both countries. Yep. Yeah. Okay, mate. All right. This next question, I know who this next question is from. It's yep. one of your mates. Why did God protect your farm and studio from the flood, and yet just down the road, over fifty homes went under? Does God love you more than them? Well, God does love me. Of course. But he doesn't love us all. He doesn't love me more than them. Yep. But make no mistake, God did save my house, my studio from the flood. And it is true that down the road over 50 houses went under. I saw them for myself when I was in the um, the wild rescue, what do they call it, wild water rescue boat, right, yep. SES boat, on yep. being evacuated out. So I, I saw that for myself. Um, and people will say, well, why did God rescue you and why did he not rescue them? Well, I have a simple answer to that. A few years ago I was on the freeway in my car, well, in my son's car actually, mm-hmm. on the way up to Queensland taking my daughter and my son to Bible camp for, and they were to go up there for three months. I remember that. I was doing 100 kilometres an hour in a 100k zone and someone hit me from behind at about 150 k's. Yep. The girl who hit me was drug. Affected. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very drug affected. Uh, you can imagine, you, you're doing the speed limit. And son. was she texting as well? No. no. She, oh, well, I don't know. She, all I know is she was drug affected. And so here's the point. Um None of those people had an accident that day. None of those people had their car written off. I did. How come it happened to me, Hunty, and not you? Mm. I can't answer those questions. All I can say is this. When God does something good for me, I'm going to praise his name. And God stopped that flood entering my house, and I'm unambiguous about this. I will praise and honour his name, even if the flood went into the homes of people down the road. Because next time, and I don't know how God works, he might save their house and mine might go under. There's there's some indiscriminate um, action here that we just don't, understand completely and totally. So yeah. I don't think it's the right question to say, why did you not go under and they did? I think the right question is, praise the Lord that I didn't go under. But, Hunty, mm. if I had have, yep. it would have been in God's will, not that he did it, but it would have been in his will and I would have cleaned that place up with joy. Mm. With joy, my friend. But it didn't. I saw it stop. You saw where it stopped. Yep. And it just... I'm going to stand and say, I don't know, maybe I might tell that story soon, Hunty. You should. I'm going to tell it at church on Sabbath. You should. I'm, right. going to, I'm going to tell it to the kids on Sabbath. Good. So I'm just going to stand and say, praise God, my house did not go under, and I am very, very thankful. If yours did, 
God bless you. He will help you through your crisis as he did mine when we had the accident, got hurt and lost our car. Mm. Yeah, so good things don't always happen to me either, mate. Mm. But when they do, I'm going to praise God. And when they don't, I'm going to ask God to help me to walk through it. This time I thought I was going to go under. I thought I was going to be asking the Lord to walk through this next crisis with me in life. I didn't. Praise God. Praise God. All right, this next question. Is it possible for the Russia-Ukraine war to morph into World War Three? Yeah, there's a few of these questions today on mm, Russia. I suppose mm. it's really front and centre of the news, isn't it? Yep. Yes, it is possible. Do you it think could, that we're in end times? Yeah. It, it could even... It could even morph into a nuclear confrontation. Ouch. Yeah. I think, you know, Jesus in Matthew 24, I think it's 21, and in Daniel 12, 1, the prophet Daniel, under inspiration of Jesus, talk. we've talked about it on this show before, a time of trouble like the world has never seen just before Jesus comes. I believe we're plunging into that. Hmm. I believe we're going to see the finances of the world collapse like you've never seen, Hunty. I think food security as we have known in the past, is going to disappear out the window. Well, the Russian ruble went from a dollar to a cent overnight. I think we're going to see troubles. Mm. We're going to see wars. We're going to see disasters. We could even see famine in the Western world. And I believe we're coming to a time where we, and we're going to talk about it in the Bible study today, where we need to, at all costs, be with Jesus because where we're going now, you better hold on because it's going to be rough. So could this morph into World War Three? Yes, Yes and yes, very easily and very, very quickly. We are on the edge. Mm. I saw the, the, the um, foreign affairs minister in Britain the other day say that if Russia were to use chemical weapons on the people of um, Ukraine, that that would bring NATO immediately into the war. Hunty, mm. that's World War Three. That is, yep. And there's some argument about whether the Russians are already using chemical weapons. Oh, that's World War Three. Absolutely. And Biden is right. When he says people need to understand that a no-fly zone, which the Ukrainians are calling for, that NATO, that NATO, um, if they if we had a force a no-fly zone in Ukraine, that's a declaration of war. Mm. That's World War Three, and where we're seeing thousands die. If that happens, it will be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And so, yeah, we could. We we are in a very very sensitive time. And if you're a believer, pray, pray that God will hold back the winds of strife yep. so we can get the gospel message out to the world. Indeed. Uh, this next question, I know this is a question very close to your heart and it's a, top to- a topic you're very passionate about. Will I get to heaven by being good? You won't. <laughs> well, I won't be good. You're <laughs> no chance of you getting to heaven by being Not good. Not my works, no. Uh, nah, you won't get to heaven by being good. That's right. Go and read the book of Romans. Yep. Start in Romans chapter 1 and don't stop reading it until you get, I think it's Romans 16, to the last chapter. Read every single chapter. Understand every word that Paul wrote because in the book of Romans is a story of how you get to heaven. You get to heaven through grace and faith in Christ alone. And grace is? Grace is, well, you tell me what you think grace is. Oh, for me, grace is accepting the fact that Jesus died for me and my sins and by believing in him, Instantly, I get that saving grace. Yeah, grace is that thing yeah. that Jesus gives to you. Yep. It's the ticket to heaven. 
It's when he steps in and says, I will be your advocate. I will stand in your place in judgment. Just ask me to be your saviour. That's grace. Mm-hmm. And it's free and it's, 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 it's available for everybody. So you so, so no, you're not going to get to heaven. So we're by saying me. you can't get to heaven by being good. No, your own works don't get you there. Not you, hunting, and not me. That's it. Not even John Haas that we looked at earlier is going to get to heaven by good works. Not even uh, Mother Teresa is going to get to heaven by her good works. Mm. All right, this next question, and I promise I didn't write it. Yeah, <laughs> can I be kept out of heaven for being fat or unfit? Uh. <laughs> no Everybody's supposed to be a temple Well we just looked at the fact that you're saved by Grace, grace true In true. faith, in Christ alone Martin Luther was overweight He's going to be in heaven One of the founders of our church Pioneers, Ellen, Ellen White, White Was way overweight yep. Expect to see her in the kingdom Yep. Um, Hunty's overweight <laughs> Lloyd's a bit overweight. I'd have to die. I'd have to die to get into the overweight category. <laughs> that, that gets back to the previous question, really. It does get, you get to heaven by grace and faith in Christ alone? Doesn't matter what you know. God made us in all sorts of shapes and sizes. And if you're like my wife, I call them DNA blessed, honey. <laughs> yeah, they eat whatever they want as much as they I've want. I've seen they her never, eat. They yeah never. She put eats on, more than you, of course. <laughs> three times as much and bad stuff she's too. Probably, half she's the time. probably listening. Give her heaps. Yeah, I will. <laughs> she she just eats whatever she wants and doesn't put on any weight. And I mate, I don't have to eat. All I do is walk past walk a fish past and chip shop. Yep. If I smell it, yep. I will put on weight. That's it. If I go on a fast, my body will think it's in starvation, I will put on weight. I've done fasts for 36 hours, and I've weighed myself at the start and weighed myself at the end, and I weigh more at the end of the fast (laughs) than I did at the beginning. Because my body body puts itself into starvation mode. Yep. And and so we're all made different. Yep. Uh, We've got different DNA, and we need to stop looking at each other and stop judging each other by what we look like and whether or not we'll be in heaven and just ask ourselves a question for our own selves. Am I, am I, have I chosen Jesus as my saviour? Am I born again? Am I washed in his blood? Have I been saved by Jesus? Do I believe in faith and grace alone? You can answer yes to all them. You're on your way to heaven no matter what you look like, hunty. Mm. Good news for you. Yep. And good news for me. All right. I'm <laughs> going to have to cut this off here. Let's say no more questions from here, okay. No, last, I, last three. I, I, I want to go through last, all the questions. Last three. Well, they're still coming in. Oh, are they? So, last three questions. Oh. Will the Sabbath be the defining doctrine of the end times? I like the fact the questions are still coming in. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't think so. My study of history and prophecy, I think the one thing alone will be the defining doctrine at the end time, and it's not. You might be surprised to hear this from a Seventh-day Adventist. Hear me out in Radio Land and hear me well and clear, especially my Seventh-day Adventist leaders, leaders, members, Mm -hmm. leaders too if you want, but members. The Sabbath is not the defining doctrine of the end times. It's whether or not you're born again. If you're born again, and that means... You have accepted Jesus' salvation. The Holy Spirit is in you. You are saved. If you are not born again, you will not be saved. You want to know how you get the mark of the beast? Don't be born again, hunting. And if you don't believe me, go and study Matthew chapter 25, the parable of that Jesus himself taught about the foolish virgins. Yep. Those who already had oil. Yep. What's oil? The Holy Spirit. 
Those who weren't ready didn't have oil, did not have the Holy Spirit. Jesus is as clear as day. You want to be ready for me when I come, be born again. What's that mean? It means that you've accepted him as your saviour and he has filled you with the Holy Spirit. That will be the defining doctrine at the end of time. Yep. Born again people will not commit adultery. Born again people won't lie, they won't steal. They'll be Sabbath keepers. Yep. Because the fruits from born again people are, are lived out in their lives. Yep. But to, to, but to choose one of those fruits and say that will be the defining doctrine, no it is not. The nice. defining doctrine is, are you born again? Yep, totally. And Jesus is very clear in that. If you don't believe me, go and read Matthew 25. Okay. All righty. Second last question. What makes the Bible different than all other holy books? Jesus. The yep. Bible's about Jesus. From In John, Jesus says, you study to the Pharisees who are bad dudes. He says, you study the Bible because you're looking for eternal life. But he says, what I'm telling you is the Bible... Um, is that thing which testifies of me. The thing that makes the Bible different from Genesis to Revelation is Jesus Christ. All right, last question, and it's about divorce. Okay. Is that allowed? Is that what it says? Can you read that to me straight? I'll read it to you exactly as our listener sent it to us. Because I'm interested in that one. Okay. Because I'm divorced. Is there ever well, I was a good divorced. reason for divorce? Is there ever a good reason? Mm. Yes. I agree. Abuse. I think, I think the Bible agrees too. Abuse. But that's just my opinion. Uh, abuse. Mm, abuse. Adultery. Um, but I should say this, Hunty. Mm-hmm. There are reasons for divorce. Yep. But when you get married, learn to forgive. Yep. Learn patience and tolerance with your partner. Try and grow together in Jesus if that's possible. And when you go through the tough times, don't give up on each other. We do divorce too easily these days, aren't we? Yep. Now, I understand that if a husband's beating a wife, that wife needs to escape as soon as she can and get away from that marriage ASAP. Totally. I understand sometimes that when adultery happens, it's too much. But even in adultery, Hunty, if you've got a partner that committed adultery, but if you've got someone who's prepared to... to um, apologise, are sorry, and are prepared to work through it with you, with God, forgive them, mm. and try and make the marriage work. Because marriage is a really special, precious thing. I think abuse covers a lot of things. Neglect, gaslighting, a bad well, treatment, financial. We've got to be careful, though, there, that we don't open divorce up. Sure. Just for... A whim. Yeah. Mm. It does. But women are put under a lot of pressure. Well, not just women. It's a man thing, too. True, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear what you're mm, saying, mm. but I think... Abuse in, can take this different day, types of forms. Yeah, mm. but in this mm. day and age, if, if anything, we we dive and do divorce too fast, too quickly, don't we? We do. But there there are, and I think Jesus recognised it, there are times where divorce is the only option. Mm. And when that happens, it's a very sad... As you and I both know, it's a very sad event in life. Mm. Well, okay. let's wrap this segment up because... Well, if if they wanted to put some questions in, you said some are still coming in. Should they still send them in now, Hunty? Yeah. Will, will we? Yes, feel free to send them in. We'll read them next time. So where would they send them to one more time? You can text them to us on 0488 or you can email them to us and the email address is info at aussiepastor.com. 
I'm laughing because I'm seeing Hunty after. How long? How many shows have we done now? A year. So it's, <laughs> this is program forty three. Forty three. <laughs> We're both still reading that. Of course. Phone number. Of course. How long will it take before we've learnt the phone? Number? I won't dare read. I won't dare recite it from memory because I don't want to give it the wrong number out to our listeners. Oh, okay. So that's why I'm always okay. checking. We've got what another I'm doing. song. Yeah, and I've chosen this song, uh, especially for our next guest. Now, if you're a bit musical. You know, songs have often got verses and choruses, and sometimes they got a bridge. Listen to the verse after the bridge in this song. It's by one of my favourite Christian singers, Keith Green. He's famous for putting, basically, scripture to music. This song is a bit of a comedy song. It's a bit of a funny song, but the message is absolutely brilliant. The song uh, is entitled, He'll Take Care of the Rest. Against that cold stone wall Cause nobody's perfect Except for the Lord And even the best bound to fall Remember, He is divine And you a deep branch He loves to get you through And if you give Him a chance Just keep doing your best And pray that it's blessed and Jesus takes care of the rest Yes, the Lord said that He will take care of the rest do it, but he'll take care of the rest. He'll see you through it, yeah. But he'll take care of the rest. The devil blew it, but he'll take care of it. He'll take care of the rest. Just think about Moses in front of the burning bush, barefoot on the holy ground. You know we must have been thinking, hey, what's an old dude like me gonna tell them all when I go down? Go down, Moses. The Lord said, hey, Mo, don't you worry about you going down south. I'll be saying every word that comes out of your mouth. You just be doing your best and pray that it's blessed. Hey, Mo, I'll take care of the rest. Yes, the Lord said that he'll take care of the rest. He's gonna do it, but he'll take care of the rest.
you enjoy that, Hunter? Oh, did I enjoy that. <laughs> what a great message, though. He'll take care of the rest. If you want Hunty to keep choosing the songs, <laughs> let us know. If you want Lloyd to get back to choosing the music, let us know. Yeah, I'll be interested in that. We I'll should... probably be fired anyway by the... This time tomorrow, we we <laughs> we should do a straw poll with our listeners. <laughs> We've already got one listener already texted in and said they loved my first song. Oh, okay. the reggae, the reggae Christian song with the Jewish guy, <laughs> the naughty song. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, oh, I suppose we better not do a straw poll on that online, had we? The last straw poll we did, I won. I can't remember. What they was all that sided on? with me. What was that for? Oh, I can't remember either. But the victory was, I remember, yeah. it was delicious. Yeah. Okay. Hey, let me unmute our next guest. Here we go. Hey, Phil. Good afternoon. He hey, is there. He's there. Yeah. How are you, mate? Can't complain. Living the dream. What can I say? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Phil uh, Leslie is a member of New Hope Adventist Church. He's one of our serving elders, actually. And you are up in the flood disaster zone. Uh, why are you up there, Phil? There you go, Hunty. Well, I, I'm, I might ask you the question. I might ask you I'm the gonna, question. I'm going to go with Plan B on this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can stand in for Phil, Hunty. So, I'll, Hunty, I'll, tell you, uh, I'll tell you why Phil is uh, up there. He represents the New South Wales government, and I'm, I'm ringing him now furiously. But, but why will we still get him? Or yeah, we'll still get him. We'll still get him. Okay. We'll still get him. Fingers I, crossed. I like watching Hunty under pressure working. So out. Our, our guest, as I said earlier, our guest is in a place with limited internet, limited access, limited phone, and we might have just lucked out with our last guest. Well, well he is in the middle of a flood. And is. I must tell you, Hunty, when I was out there in my flood, which is similar... Six, one. <laughs> no, that's not good. Hey, Phil, turn, turn off the... Uh, yeah, turn that off, good one, trying you again. While yeah, I was right. out there, I found the internet and the phone very, very... Um, oh, it's ringing. Okay. You there, Phil? I'm here. Oh, hey, we got him. Okay, we got you. That's <laughs> Sorry about that. But no worries. I think we're, uh, we're glad got some bad uh, internet signal up here. We're glad to have you, mate. Okay, um, what are you doing up there? Where are you, Phil, and what are you doing up there? Oh, so I'm currently based in uh, the, the far north coast, Um you know, around Lismore, Ballina type area. And, um, you know, I heard your first question about uh, why am I up here and I asked myself the same question this morning. And just to give all your listeners a bit of context, I work for the New South Wales government and um, I won't say the agency I work for, lest anyone thinks that I'm their public spokesperson. Uh, yeah. They could definitely have someone more handsome and articulate, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're the lead recovery agency for New South Wales, and what that means is we go into a community after a disaster has occurred, uh, and we stand up all of the foundational structures to enable that community to start the healing uh, and recovery process. Wow. Uh, and once that process is underway, we then work uh, collaboratively with our local government partners in those communities to help the community become more disaster resilient for similar disasters in the future. Okay. And that's what our agency does. And we've got a team of about 60-odd people, 60, maybe even 70 people, who yep. are dedicated field officers all across New South Wales who I have the pr privilege and the pleasure of working with. Um, but sometimes when a disaster strikes, it is so significant that it exceeds the resources that we have. So our agency actually asks for volunteers who are non-field operatives to put up their hand and, and come up to, to support different recovery events. So 
Um, I was one of those people who uh, I got voluntold actually, but mm. um, it's a great opportunity to, to work with some amazingly selfless people. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to see and meet community members and, and just do whatever I can to, to kind of help the healing process. Yeah, I I try to get Hunty to voluntold a few things too. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the voluntold, don't you, Hunty? <laughs> Volunteer with a gun to his head, love it. <laughs> um, are these the worst floods in history for this area? Maybe for this area. Look, I'm probably unqualified to say because I'm only in my 30s, so there's probably been events that have struck these kind of uh, parts of the state that have been, you know, potentially as, as significant. Um, I'm sure that when they struck the, the, the part of the state back when they did, people said that this is the worst uh, disaster we've ever had. So, look, I'd say that based on the historical records that we have um, and hearing from some of the lead government scientists uh, who have come on, on the record to say that the current floods and disasters that we've faced are, are unprecedented. Um, yeah. You know, as a as a Christian, um, I had the... Uh, I want to say, I, I can't find the right word. I had the opportunity, I suppose, to see these communities just as the waters started to recede. Mm, well, that's um, actually really when they look at their worst too, isn't it? And, uh, Absolutely. And, well, you know, the, the flood levels got up to a certain extent after only, you know, maybe 10 days or so of rain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as a Christian, I look at that and think, wow, if, if that's what 10 days of hard rain can do, uh, imagine what the flood would have been like. So in actual answer to your question, is this the worst flood ever? Probably not, uh, because we did have one recorded in the Bible that was, you know, all-consuming. Okay, okay you've got to see it. I played that song for you, Phil, about the Noah's Flood. <laughs> there you go. I, I heard that and I thought, oh, I've got to find a way to bring that up in the nice. interview, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, um, tell us what you're seeing, because you've been to, what, Ballina, Korokai? Um, yeah, I've been to Ballina, um, Korokai, Lismore, Casino. Um, I've been to Mullumbimby, uh, Grafton, all of these areas which were impacted by the the recent um, severe weather and, and floods. Mm. And I've got to say that what people see on the TV and, uh, you know, the images that might be shared on social media just don't do justice to the level and the extent of devastation that has occurred. Mm. And, I mean, people have been wowed by the images of houses underwater. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the one thing that can't be captured by any sort of medium is not the broken infrastructure, but actually the broken lives. Yeah. And walking around um, some of these areas and, and seeing people, you know, throwing things out of their house, you know, into a junk pile at the front of their property awaiting collection. You know, you, you've got photo albums, you've got keepsakes, you've got memorabilia, you've got things that mean a lot to a lot of people that are effectively now just going to the trash pile. Are the people, um, are the people there resilient or are they down and out? Or are well, they a bit look, of both? You know, they're, they're a bit of both. There's a lot of hope that's in some of the communities, particularly I'd say, and I'm by no means a psychologist, but particularly I'd say those who have been through other similar disasters in the past yeah. um, have built a level of resilience where they can say, you know what, things are going to be okay and we'll move forward. But, you know, you've got to look at, you know, what's happening in New South Wales at the moment, you know, with all the housing booms in Sydney and the prices going yeah. sky high. A lot of people are fleeing the city and moving out into, you know, country and regional areas because of property value. And 
these people have people have potentially never experienced something, you know, like this before. And um, so, look, there's, there's a lot funny, of broken lives. Funny you say that, Phil, because when mm. I was out at my flood, um, which was the same, I think it was the same clouds, but they moved south. Uh, mm. One, I, I thought it would never rain, and two, I was amazed at the, and I don't know whether the word is trauma, but the trauma I was experiencing as I watched the flood come up and was sure it was going to go through my house. It is mm. quite traumatising, you know, especially, it's, you know, I'm a city boy. I'm, I'm, I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, and I'm not used to these sorts of things, and these people who have moved out of the city into the country and then experienced this. This is pretty tough going, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that you hit on an interesting point that, you know, the trauma has probably come for a lot of people who potentially uh, were trapped in their homes as the waters came up. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we did lose a number of lives in this in this disaster. And, yeah. you know, my heart goes out to the families and the people who lost people uh, as a result of this because you, you can't imagine what was going through their minds as, you know, they literally watched the waters like yeah. creeping up past their windows you're, and above their roofs. You're a passenger, mate, when you see that. You're yeah, a passenger. You are. There's nothing, absolute, other than pray, there's nothing you can do. Um, is there help on the ground or not much? Cause, yeah, Look, there is. There is quite a bit, actually. Um, there's been a lot of work done by a number of government agencies, including Resilience New South Wales, Service New South Wales, and some of our Commonwealth partners as well, like Services Australia. So, the help on the ground comes in the form of, firstly, if you have been disaster impacted, the best thing that you can do to start your recovery journey is contact Service New South Wales on 137788 and Service New South Wales will start the process of linking you in to support services that can assist you uh, on what will be quite a lengthy journey. So, um, so that's, re- that's really the way forward, isn't it? If, you're, if you've been flood affected, can you just give us that phone number again? Yeah, so you can contact Service New South Wales on 137788 and just let them know that you've been disaster impacted uh, and they can start the process of, of uh, connecting you with the, the right services. If you're also in communities like Mullumbimby, Mawulumba, Ballina, um, Grafton, Lismore as well, we uh, there are a number of recovery centres that have also been stood up by Resilience New South Wales, so you can attend one of those centres as well. Uh, and you'll have the opportunity to seek some face-to-face support and get connected with services there as well. So there are a couple of avenues for you to to start the process of healing, uh, although let's be honest, um, the healing is going to take a very, very, very long time. It, it makes you feel warm, though, when you realise that we have got these ways forward for people. Do you mm, reckon they, they should rebuild? I know I'm asking you a personal question. Should they rebuild, <laughs> or what, what's your view on that? Look, I think that, you know, my view is nobody really needs my view. I mean, it's a, a personal choice that ev- anyone can make. Um, and look, you know, there are definitely pros and cons about yeah. whether you should or shouldn't rebuild. But I think what makes the decision to rebuild or not even harder is the fact that your choice was not actually yours to begin with. Yeah. Um, you didn't elect for your house to get flooded. You didn't elect for all of your things to be destroyed. Um, you know, if you did, it would have made your decision to stay or go or rebuild or not yeah. rebuild a lot easier. But, you know, because you weren't in control of that situation, um, the, the, the choice becomes a lot more complicated, I'd say. 
I think, um, I look, think also a lot of people just don't have the money to move anywhere else. You know, well, you, you kind of get stuck. Yeah, and that is one of the things, and I'm sure you're aware of all of the media coverage about, you know, insurance prices. Uh, a lot yeah. of insurance companies, you know, the, they do their modelling on risks and, 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 and the like, and what you have is flood insurance specifically for this kind of event at, you know, twenty two to $25,000, hey, which mate, puts it mate, well out of the range hey, of the average punter. Out mm. in my valley, insurance, flood insurance per year, no kidding, yeah. $30,000. Exactly right. So and the average person just can't afford that kind of, 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 of product. I don't think the inside of my shed would be worth $30,000. <laughs> Maybe with Hunty's gear in there it would be, but not. Um, well, tell me about the media. What's the reporting been like? Is it accurate? Because it seems to me that, and I, and I don't say this as someone who supports a coalition or Labor, but it just does seem to me that, the media weaponizes this sort of stuff every single time. Am, am I seeing that mm. right or? Look, I, um, I probably should admit and, and caveat my answer by saying that at one stage I was part of the media, N- not like some of the media that like I've met and experienced yeah. in, in this day and age. But look, I think that by and large, by and large, um, media are just trying to report the story as is. Good, um, good. But there is obviously... Uh, some levels of sensationalization happening. And, you know, you will see media cherry-picking stories and events to broadcast which may not be accurate. Like, for example, I was attending uh, a community a couple of weeks ago um, and I was uh, standing on the grounds of this centre and there was uh, a woman who just, like, was on the phone and broke down into tears. She dropped her phone yeah. and then somebody next to her gave her a hug and I saw all of these journalists just swoop in, like taking pictures of this, this poor woman. Um, yeah. I later had the opportunity to have a quick conversation with her, um, just, you know, in, in the capacity of my role. Yep. And she actually told me that what she was crying for was not the loss of her property or, or the destruction. She was actually crying tears of joy because her son, who was also disaster affected in another impacted community, called her for the first time. And mm. said that he's safe and well. So and that's a good story. Well. <laughs> that's a good story. But they um, they, you know, they they had made out it to be something else. Exactly, and you you wouldn't be surprised that if it, if it appeared on the front page of the local newspaper saying this is what the face of disaster looks like, it's, yeah. it's not quite the full picture. So, look, while I think that you know by and large the reporting has been regu- re- relatively accurate, there are definitely going to be some elements that aren't. Um, and that's quite unfortunate. Last question. Quick one, mm. mate. Is there anything yeah. we can do to help? Um, there are a number of things. I'm sure, firstly, many of your listeners are Christian, yep. um, and I think that what communities and, and what the, the state needs at the moment are prayers of healing, yep. prayers of restoration, uh, and prayers of uh, the presence of the Lord being in these communities and with people who have been personally impacted. Mm. Um if you're listening to this program and some of your listeners who may not be Christian may want to do something else, um, the New South Wales government has actually partnered with a, uh, a non, not-for-profit organisation called Give It. Uh, yeah. And you can Google Give It. Yeah. Um, and you can actually pledge a, a monetary donation, uh, either to be put towards a service or a good, and Give It will actually manage your donation and then match your donation up with the need of a particular community or individual uh, and actually be able to, to purchase them some essential items as well. Yep. Um, 
you know, I think the messages of, of the, the government at the moment and, and what you'll see as reported is that, you know, Australians are extremely charitable and yeah. very, very generous. Yeah. And the influx and flood of, of donation good, of donated goods, um, you know, has actually pushed a lot of warehouses to capacity. Um, and it's quite a shame that a lot of those donations will have to be disposed of in the future. Yeah. Um, so what we're being asked to do is, is you know, donate time uh, or donate money. And, of course, I think one of the most practical and easiest things that anyone can do uh, is just pray. You know what? Thanks for that advice, and, and I'm sure many of our listeners will will follow up on it. One of the things that I was so grateful for when I rushed out to my farm to defend it from this very same flood, I mm. took one pair of clothes, auntie, yep. and no food. Do you know how much it meant to me when the SES came up with food that was gifted actually by Woolworths, God bless them? Mm. Um, do you know how much that meant to me? Phil, to have food. Yeah. Um, I still lost weight over the last <laughs> 10 days. <laughs> but nevertheless, well, look, you're doing a good job up there, mate. For sure. Appreciate Maybe we'll get you back on another week or two and see how this this ended up. But God bless you up there, Phil, and I hope and pray we see you back safe at New Hope real soon. And, and um, God bless you for helping the people in such bad times. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Thank you, Pastor Lloyd, and thank you, Hunty. And I'd be remiss if I didn't also echo... Uh, my thanks and my commendations for all of my colleagues across the New South Wales government sector who are doing a great job up here at the moment. Um, it's a very difficult job, but uh, many hands make light work, uh, and it's such a collaborative and an amazing atmosphere that I'm just privileged to be part of. So thanks for having me on, and delighted to uh, give you a progress update in a week or two. God Johnny bless you all, mate. See you later. Thanks, everyone. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. They're the good blokes. Absolutely. Well, I don't know whether you noticed, Hunty, but he volunteered. No, he voluntold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taken. When he says he voluntold, I'm guessing that, um, yeah, yes. he went up there. But, but he's a good man, though. He is. Yep. He's a generous, yep. generous man. Hunty, one more song? One more song. Before we start our Bible study, um, I, I chose this song because... It kind of echoes how I feel about the Bible, and it's by a wonderful bunch of young people from Fountain View Academy. And do you know where that is, Hunty? I'm asking, do you know where that is? Oh, I'm not looking. I'm looking to play the song. <laughs> Canada. Yes, that's that's the school I would have liked to have sent my youngest son to. Anyway, these but kids th- are, things are a little bit uncertain in yes. the world. But this school is one of the very best, Hunty. And these kids in sound the world, amazing. it's a music school. Yep. But it's one of the very best Christian schools in the world. And if you get a chance, go online and have a look at the music from Fountain View Mm. Academy. Academy. Yep. Enjoy.
song that one sung beautifully hunty really nicely absolutely beautiful and we're going to hear the next one now are like we? we are <laughs> <laughs> is that the last song i no no i don't know what happened then oh, all right that's a nice little bit of music this, anyway. is, this is our flood recovery setup this one yeah it's not the usual setup yeah, well, we're shifting. We are. And we're actually down to, what, about half our equipment? Yep. And we have no backup internet. No, we've here. been running for the last few weeks with no backups. Oh, that's always If we die, little... we die. 
Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a program on Faith FM die yet. Well, we'll be the pioneers. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're living in pretty bad times. A lot of people say to me, is it the end of time? Well, it's a good question. And if it is the end of time, if we're going to go through like Matthew twenty four twenty one Jesus and Daniel twelve one Daniel says a time of trouble like the world is is has never seen, and Jesus says unless I were to come, all mankind would perish. You start to think about some pretty bad times ahead, aren't you? Absolutely, scary times. And I think you're going to see man made disasters like Ukraine Russia. And by the way, Ukraine Russia is not the only. Um, War going on in the world at the moment. There's wars in Africa. There's low-scale wars in South America. Um, so, you know, there are wars really all over the place, Hunty. Mm. Um, there are wars on, on our streets sometimes, even between gangs. So we're going to see man-made disasters of, of, of great intensity, I believe, that will c- possibly kill millions. But we're also going to see terrible natural disasters because the world's breaking apart. And so the question is... How do I ensure that I get through? Because I'm thinking the other day, you know the one thing this this flood did, Hunty? What's that? It took away my refuge. Yeah, true. All of a sudden, no longer do I think that my farm is a safe refuge I can go to in times of trouble. Because mm. now I've had two floods and a fire, and both, all three, almost mm. took me out. Mm. Yep. And my refuge has been taken away. So where is our refuge? How are we going to get through? And it's a good question. It is. What's your answer? Oh, that's simple. Yeah, my refuge is Jesus Christ. Yeah, so yeah, I think you're right on the money there. Ten out of ten. Live every day up to Him. It's Jesus. Mm. And if you're going to know Jesus, and if you're going to be in His presence, there are lots of ways you can know Him. But there are a big three. I've been going on about this for a while. There are a big three. I call them the big three. If you want to be in the presence of Jesus, there are the big three. And yep. just for a few moments yep. today, I want to share with you what the big three are. Yep. First one, Hunty. I can guess. Second Timothy 3.16. Got it. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is, in, what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All scripture. All scripture. You know, we talked earlier in this program about how the Bible is about Jesus. Yep. From Genesis to Revelation. Now, I want you to hear this, our listeners. If you want to be in the presence of God. Now, there are lots of ways you can be in the presence of God, but these are the big three. Number one, spend time in the Bible. For sure. Now, I'm going to make a bold statement. I don't think, Hunty, you can be ready for Jesus to come if you're not in the Bible yep. every day. And Agreed. I'm talking morning and night. Agree. And I think the days have gone where we can be just putting this out there and saying, read your Bible. You really need to read and study your Bible. Why? Because that is where Jesus is. You want to be in the presence of Jesus? Read your Bible. Read it daily. Now, I've been saying this relentlessly for a while now, Hunty. Yep. I've been saying it on this radio program. I say it in our church services. Yep. yep. I say it online when we're doing our television program. Correct. Because I know it's the truth. We need to, 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 there's a resistance in us to this. And we need to get real. And we need to stop. And I'll talk to the Christians for a moment. Faking it when it comes to this. Get into the Bible. Why? Because Jesus is in the Bible and you'll be in his presence. There's number one. Now, yep. remember, there are lots of ways you can be in the presence of Jesus, but I reckon these are the big three. Number two, Hunty, yep. uh, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. And for those who are interested, Hunty's reading from the NLT. Yep. 
Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. What jumped out at you there? Um, always be joyful. Yeah? Yeah. You know what? Jo- well, you're always a joyful fellow, aren't he? Never stop praying? Yeah. Now, th- there's, there's number two. I didn't expect the first one. It's beautiful, though. It, but it be is beautiful. Joyful. Yeah. 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 If you're praying, you will be always joyful. And if you're praying, give thanks. Yes. But pray. Yep, give thanks. So here's a question. Did you spend time, I'm not asking you, Hunty, or anyone else, it's just a rhetorical question. Did you spend time in the Bible today, number one? Number two, have you spent time in prayer? Have you got on your knees if you can? I can't. But if you can, have you got on your knees? And have you talked to God about your fears, about your failures, about your needs, what you need help with? Have you spoken to him as a friend? Are you in prayer? Because when you're in the Bible, you're in the presence of Jesus. When you are in prayer, you're in the presence of Jesus. Do you know how important prayer was to me out on that mm. in that flood? Mm, sustains you. Oh, without prayer, I was a dead man. Yep. And without the Bible, you know, I had a very, very bad night on the Sunday night. I woke up on Saturday night at 2 a.m. The rain was so heavy that it was like a waterfall coming down off the mountain. Wow. It was unbelievable. I started packing up at 2 a.m. because I knew I was going to get flooded out. Well, praise God, I did. I thought I was going to. Yep. I was very, very, uh, what's the word? Um, apprehensive. Unsure, mm. apprehensive. Mm, scared. Even afra- afraid on the Sunday night. Yep. And then on the Monday morning when it was raining even harder, I, I, I was even worse. I, I actually sat down with the, you can go to this place on the internet where it has 12 hours of either a woman or a man reading scripture text to you. Yep. And I just lay there and listened to that. Ah, oh, it settled me. And then I prayed. And it settled me. It settled me, hunty. Nice. So there's the first two. Get into the Bible. Why? Because yep. Jesus is there. Correct. Get on your knees and pray. And why? Because Jesus is there. Correct. You're in Jesus' presence. And here's number three. Number three. Hebrews 10.25. The big three. Remember, there are many yes. other ways of knowing Jesus. Yes. But these are the big three. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Go to church. Go to church. Be with like-minded Christians. Find a Sabbath-keeping church. Even better. And go to church. Yep. Why Sabbath-keeping? Because that's the day God calls us together as believers to worship. Go to church. Yep. And there are Sabbath-keeping churches all over the world. Go to church. So the first two, Bible study and prayer, are very intimate, often insular yes. things between you and God. Yes. But the third one, that's when you get together with like believers and you praise and you worship God. You know what happens when you're at church, hunty? What's that? You get healing. Yes. You get courage. Yep. You are restored. You are uh you leave every single time you go to church and you sing and you pray and you study and you listen to the preaching. Every time that happens, you are built up and you can go out there to face a world that is in decline and is being crushed and is dying. Yep. And so here you go, the big three. These are the big three. Remember, there are many other ways to know Jesus and be in his presence. But they are Bible study, the big three. Number Correct. one, Bible, Bible study. study. Why? Because you're with Jesus. Number two is prayer. Why? Yep. Because you're with, with Jesus. Jesus again. Three is go to church, corporate worship. Why? Well, because you're with other believers and you are, praise God, still with Jesus.
Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see.
like that song, Hunty. Yeah. The power of Jesus. Like when, when you're in the Bible and you're in prayer and you're going to church, I'm so unpopular in it, this is going to church at the moment. People seem to be drifting away from church when they need to be going to church. For sure. But when you've got those three disciplines in your life, you're in the presence of Jesus and you're going to make it through whatever the world throws at you. Let's close with a prayer. Mm. Father in heaven, thank you for being with us today as we've talked about some serious subjects. Bless us now as we go our way and bring us back next week full of your grace saved through Jesus and Jesus alone. Is my prayer in your name. Amen. My name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie Parson. Hunty. Yes. My name's Hunty and we love you. You're the Aussie what? I'm the Aussie dog spotty. No, you're the producer. <laughs> you're the Aussie producer director. Okay. We love you and God, he loves you so, so much, much more. more. See you next time. Indeed. See ya. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 